Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon. Talk Recorded live. The following is a presentation of AOW Productions. This program contains adult content. Listener discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed by the host of this program do not necessarily stand to reflect those of this station or its management. Introducing Chris Master, Derek Stark, and Bad Billy. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Outlaw Radio. Well, 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 welcome to Outlaw Radio for our first show of August 2017. Or actually, that was last week. Damn. I'm getting old, ain't I? Yep, you're getting very old. I mean, I mean, you're, no, 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 no. You're young at heart, Billy. You're young at heart. Damn right. Damn right. Oh, I, I don't know where this comes from that I was born in the 1700s. Though. Oh, it comes It comes from Derek. To, yeah, he... He's not joining us once again, but... <laughs> yeah, I thought you were born in the uh, 1500s. Well, uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, you know. Um, uh, all right, so we got, we got a hell of a show for you tonight. Coming up in just a little bit, we have a recorded interview we did with Bernd Hasebeth of Decryan, out of the Netherlands. And... You know, it's great to not only reach out to unknowns here in the States, but it's good to uh, get get some guys from other, from other parts of the world, too. It really is. And I'm, I'm telling you now, if you, if you guys have not heard of this band, I'm telling you now, look up these guys on, on, on YouTube because they are just amazing. <laughs> They're crazy, ain't they? <laughs> Absolutely. They're batshit crazy, but I'm telling you now, you want to hear some good music? Look those guys up. All right. And later on in the show, we're going to be uh, talking with Cody Sheev. I think that's how it's pr- his name is pronounced. He's an amateur champion, uh, MMA champion out of Indiana. Going to look forward to talking to him. More news of the weird stories out of the UK. You're going to love that. Why are they going to be out of the UK? Are you trying to tell me something? I don't know. It's, Chris finds the story. He does this shit. I ought to slap him. <laughs> yeah. 
And, uh, of course, uh, get doing something that I absolutely hate doing. But, uh, once again, we got to pay tribute to somebody else, which will be later in the show, too. Earlier in the week, we lost the great Glenn Campbell. So uh, we definitely got to say goodbye to him. Is he the guy that uh, invented the soup? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> no, but uh, an an amazing country legend. And, yeah, uh, he was he was pretty awesome. I, I I quite liked him. Yes, absolutely. So we got all that coming up the next hour. We're going to be talking. You're going to hear the conversation we had with Brunt Hasebeth. And to start the show off, here is been working on my Dutch a little bit so I could get this right. Ekfindje Lekker by De Kryen. We'll be back.
thrill seeker rocking out to the station. I hear you. You're probably even sipping on a drink right now. An average blah, blah drink in a can or bottle. One that doesn't quite hit the spot for you. I'll bet you want something different, don't you? Something more. Take your shot with Cold Cock Whiskey. The best whiskey anywhere. Why? Because it's different from other liquors. Cold Cock Whiskey is herbal whiskey. 100% all natural herbs blended with aged American whiskey. No more morning after sugar hangovers from other liquors. With Cold Cock's blend of herbs, including green tea, hibiscus, ginger, eucalyptus, and more, you'll be in herbal heaven. Cold Cock Whiskey, available at spirit stores and distributors America-wide. Find one near you at coldcockwhiskey.com. Follow Cold Cock Whiskey on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Celebrate those special moments with friends. Raise your glass. Take your shot. You must be 21 or older to drink Cold Cock Whiskey. Please drink responsibly. Because there are some people out there who need practical advice. And yes, I'm talking about you. Wisdom beyond value from the desk of Mr. Holland. The earth would fit into Uranus 63 times, 64 if it would just relax. Mr. Holland, Mr. Holland, over here, over here. Ma'am, ma'am, please I keep it in your pants. I strongly believe. I think you're. I have the right to. F- Some people live in a world of censorship, forced to keep their thoughts and ideas quiet. But I have the right to freedom of speech, and so do you. Let your voice be heard. I, I have the right to freedom of speech. This message is brought to you by the NAB Education Foundation, the Broadcast Education Association, McCormick Foundation, and this station. If you love country music. Country. Oh, there's lots of it and more on Cranked Up Country with Curtis McKinney and Brad Hennington. You may remember them from Cranked Up Live. Cranked Up Country is three hours of the best country music on the planet combined with real personalities and fun. Listen for the Cranked Up Country hit picks and artist picks. Call Brad and Curtis with your song requests. And hey, you may even expand your vocabulary. Airhead, bird brain, bonehead, chowderhead, <laughs> clodhopper. Clodhopper. Seriously? <laughs> Visit Cranked Up Country on the web at crankedupcountryradio.com. Like Cranked Up Country on Facebook at facebook.com slash crankedupcountryradio. Follow Cranked Up Country on Twitter at Cranked Up Live. Cranked, Cranked Up, Up Country. Country on this Fine station. Hey, I'm Nick, and you're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we say what the fuckity fuck we want. No exceptions. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you have just heard Ekfindie Lecker by Decryan, and with that said, I want to welcome our first guest out of the Netherlands here on Outlaw Radio. Bernd Hasebeth, welcome to the show. Good to have you here. Bernd Hasebeth, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Oh, man, it, it's, it's truly an honor to uh, basically have our uh, uh, such a long-distance interview. It's uh, We're really happy to be on the show. Thank you very much for inviting us. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you can thank Jack Perrow for that because I we interviewed him a little over a year ago. And of course, uh, mm-hmm. by by then, um, Cotton Quad was released, and so that's where I first heard of you guys. Yeah, 
Yeah, you know, with uh, uh, with with Jack, um, I've been to South Africa many times, and uh, I've always uh, enjoyed uh, listening to the uh, the Afrikaans taal, the language uh, they speak in, uh, in in Cape Town and and, and that area and basically it's it's uh, a very old form of dutch obviously and uh, but there are just words they use that i thought were so funny you know and then coming from holland and for instance the word peanut butter was like you know it's if you if you say that in afrikaans and then you uh read it in, in Dutch, like which means uh, 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 earth butter bean, you know? But in, in Dutch, it's like, what? It's just really funny. And because of that, and then uh, hearing from uh, Jack Barrow, we thought, you know what? We, I'm just going to approach him and... Uh, record a track with him, see if he's up for it. And he was. And then, uh, yeah, that's when the fun started, actually, uh, with uh, Jack Barrow. And we recorded a song after that, and we're doing a show on the 4th of November in uh, in Holland together. Did a few shows before as well, and it's, it's always a lot of fun uh, working with him. Absolutely. I mean, uh, Jack, Jack Barrow's very unique in his own right too, but but uh, so so are you guys. Uh, so uh, especially for those who are not familiar with the crying, by the way, which in English means the crows. Uh, won't you uh, give a little background uh, on the crying for those that aren't familiar with you? Uh, well, it, it's. Yeah, like you say, it, 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 in a way, it's it's unique. You know, nobody really knows who we are. Our our names are anagrams. We are all um, uh, incognito, so unrecognizable. We wear masks or whatever. We don't want to reveal our uh, our own identity, and we basically do this because we think. Um, music and live performance is not about the artist. It's about the music and the intensity of uh, and, and the party. So it's about everyone together. And uh, in that way, we yeah we try to destroy every uh, venue collectively with the audience rather than being up on a stage and uh, for your own uh, ego. And um, having said that, uh, yeah, it's, just, it's, it's loud, it's, uh, it's, I think, powerful, and, and it's funny, um, it's... Uh, it's just... Uh, a lot of power, and uh, especially live. Live is uh, is it's just craziness. We have uh, a lot of people on stage. There's about fourteen people on stage. There's strip dance, 
speed. Oh yeah. We started. I've seen some of lots that. Lots of things happening, you know. <laughs> yeah. There's just lots of crazy shit going on. I mean, we um I remember that we used to have our own beer uh keg on, on stage because it would just take too long for us to get drinks on stage and we said, you know what? We'll bring our own uh we'll bring our own bar on stage. And then uh, drums that get destroyed and, and strippers on stage and it's just <laughs> uh, 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 motorcycles on stage and it's just a lot lots of crazy stuff. But the crazier we can think of, the the more fun we have, you know. So um, yeah, that, that's it's just a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and. You know, who you remind me of with by the way you uh, described everything, too, because, uh, yes, uh, for those that know of you, you're up on stage with, with a big mask on your face, and uh, you don't want to be – you don't want your face seen in public. Kind of remind me a lot of Kiss, back, like from back in the 70s, how they were refused oh, yeah. to be seen in public without their makeup. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, kiss, and um, of course, you know, and 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 um, Daft Punk, uh, they have that same thing, and then uh, Slipknot, they they do it as well. But you know, most people know who who they are, you know, because of the I don't know, they they don't really um, make a secret of it. Yeah. Um, and um, musically, and, and and from a weirdness uh, perspective, I, I don't know if you've heard of Deichkind from Germany. I haven't. No, <laughs> unfortunately. Well, you you should check you you should you should check that out on YouTube. They're, these guys are nuts. I mean, that's uh, with D E I C H. K I N D. They're a bunch of really, really uh, so, but but uh, they don't really uh, cover their faces. But yeah, like his fantastic band, obviously, and uh, and also taking uh, the entertainment uh, level to the max. You know, I I really like to have a show to be a complete experience, you know, music, take the music to the maximum level and from a visual perspective as well, you know, with VJ stuff and then your outfits and everything. I think it's important and uh, and it's a lot of fun, you know? Yes. Uh, Before I go to my next question of Bulldog, do you have any questions? Actually, yes, I do have uh, one question, and it and it's this: um, listening to you explain one of your shows, to me, it sounds like it's just one huge party instead of a show. So, my question to you is: what's the craziest thing you have witnessed at one of your shows, or happened on stage? Well. <laughs> Well, the, the probably the most memorable thing that happened on stage 
for me was um, that uh, it got so rowdy on stage that we crashed through the floor with the stage and all, you know. So uh, wow, basically the whole <laughs> the whole floor collapsed, and we were just uh, yeah, it was like dancing on broken ice. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, so things like that. And I don't know, there are so many things that, that happen uh, uh, on stage that, and in, in the crowd. And yeah, people used to get hurt. I, I got to a point where I thought, okay, we really need to uh, change something. Otherwise, we might even get casualties uh, uh, that you know, of, of a level that you really don't want, you know. I mean, people getting hurt, that's we, that's normal. You know, if you get a mosh pit, then, yeah, people could, can get hurt, and they will, you know. It's it's just really rough. But when people have to get brought to hospital, broken arms, uh, you know, then you're like, okay, where's the, where's the limit? So that... And itself is also something that you go like, okay, that, that, that's really crazy. It's, it's just, uh, it's not what, what, what I started making music for, uh, to, let's put it like that. But um, crashing through the floor with the stage and all of that, yeah, I think that's quite unusual. We have it's a lot of very fun experiencing that. <laughs> I, that that's that's just crazy in itself, man. Uh, that's that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's how rowdy you got, you know. Uh, hilarious, and we just continued. Huh? I mean, we didn't care. Let's just keep going. You know, PA was still working, so let's go. Fuck it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I agree one hundred percent right there. I mean, right there, that is true dedication for the fans right there. Don't stop, just keep going and keep having a good time. And yeah, that's, to me, that's how, it sh- that's how it should be. You know, just keep on rocking. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's how it is, yeah. When the, even when the PA goes, you know, uh, well, we got monitors, uh, just turn those around. Who cares? Keep it rolling. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, I do have to ask, what was the fan response when that moment happened, when the stage collapsed? How did the fans take to that? Oh, everybody is just... just uh, they, they think it's great. Obviously, you know, the, the, the people that own the place, they go like... Um, the floor is much deeper, you know. We don't want to wind up in the basement, uh, you know, collapsing three, uh, like, three meters down, because uh, that's going to, uh, you know, <laughs> that's going to create a bigger tragedy. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, crowds just, it's mayhem. They love it. Absolutely. It's, it was part of the show. Now, um, like I said, we kicked the interview off with uh, 
with the song that uh, that really put your name on the map, at least in the Netherlands, uh, Ikvindje Lekker. Yeah. What, uh, give us a little background on that song. What can you tell us about that song in particular? Well, the thing was, um, we, when we started this whole thing, we, we grew from the underground, you know, so we were basically performing in a scene that it was just the, the, the local surf scene around here. And, um, it was uh, connected to a clothing brand at that time, which was uh, called Ongetemd, which means untamed. And they would throw these parties, like small parties, in a container, uh, like those 18-foot containers. And then um, it started like that, and then it grew from... Those parties became really popular, and then it moved to a venue at we were always part of that party. So uh, in the other grand scene, we were going like pretty fast and and people started talking about us because it was such a crazy show and it was really on, you know, in, in the audience, people were really rowdy. And um, then we started uh, writing this song in Finch Lecker because we thought to ourselves, you know what, let's let's make a hit. We didn't really care about the the, the level of uh, popularity or anything. And then we literally said that and said, let's make a hit. So we worked on Adventure Lecker for a really long time. I mean, I'm talking eight months in total. I mean, just produced and produced and produced and found on uh, was you know, producing, and it was it was a lot of work, a lot of different versions, until we thought we, we got it right. And then uh, when it was finished, and it was, uh, we showed it to Universal, uh, which is like a major, uh, obviously, and um, they were completely blown away because we, we also recorded the video previously. We just had the whole thing uh, ready, like video and the music. And when it was released uh, nationwide, they uh, the audience, like the, the majority of the country, they, they had never heard of us. So they get the, uh, they get a video and they get the music and with the masks and everything they get the whole sensation uh like that and, and that at itself was was uh that worked really well you know people it went viral let's put it that way in uh, in holland we were uh doing i i, I won't even know that over a hundred thousand views a day or uh, at a certain point, it just it went really fast, and then uh, so that became a hit, and it put us on the map instantly. Of course, you're gonna have to do shows uh, in areas where you thought, like, okay, we would never. Well, how do we get here? You know, like really crazy, uh, uh, out of the ordinary uh, venues. And uh, for crowds that we 
select ourselves specifically, you know, like, like different layers of society, you know, for, but uh, anyway, um, after Ifinti Lekker, we uh, did another song, Pech Vogel, which, is, which basically means, um, yeah, uh, somebody who is uh, not having a lot of luck. Uh, and then uh, that did quite well as well. And then from there on, we thought, you know what, we'll go independent now. Because I just wanted to put us on the map and then, move on independently. No, which right. I think was a great idea. All right. Now, uh, next song I'm going to cue here in just a minute uh, is uh, one of the latest that I recently discovered and uh, had a listen yeah. to. Um, and uh, forgive me if, if my, my Dutch isn't top-notch. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, I was I was on the edge of my seat. <laughs> yes, uh, this song that uh, was just recently released, uh, La Ye Comte en Plot, with uh, Jack Perrow. Yeah, yeah, La Ye Comte en Plot. Yeah, you know what it means? No, that that I haven't. Uh, I I did see the translation, but it's kind of I can't remember to be honest with you. <laughs> Like a cop on plof is, uh, it explodes your head. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> painful. Yeah. Well, the, the video is... Well, you know, it's just, uh, go mad, go crazy. Yeah, the video, man, I'm so proud of that. Yeah, we really, uh, we really hit the, hit the spot with that video, I think. It's, I love it. Yes, yeah. uh, of course. Dead left. Hilarious. Yeah, it starts out with uh, with Jack Perrow. He does he raps a little bit in English, but then uh, goes to his Afrikaans, and then you, of course, of course, uh, are doing it in Dutch. And um, mm -hmm. um, you know the the animation was brilliant. Uh, you guys as skeletons, and <laughs> and then. Yeah. The, Funny that you, uh, that you uh, that now that you mention it, because uh, really recently I was sitting, we were sitting down, and we were uh, um, uh, thinking about the doing something in English. You know, we we hadn't really thought of that previously, and um, and as we were uh, debating about it, like let's record something in English. Uh, you guys approached us to do an interview, which for me is, you know, I believe in those signs and things. So uh, I thought that was really uh, appropriate, you know, doing a, uh, an interview with a, with a US-based uh, radio show uh, being a Dutch act and mostly uh, doing uh, all all our work in Dutch, and I'm coming up with the idea like, hey, let's do something in, in English, and then with you approaching us, and yeah, you'll be the first one to get it. Let's oh. put it that way. You'll you, you'll be the first one to to hear it. Oh. That would be awesome. Oh, that will be awesome yeah. indeed. All right. Yeah. 
Let out. That's oh. a promise. All right. Can't wait for that. <laughs> in in the meantime, I want to go ahead and cue Latye Oncop. I can't, I can't say. I'll let you know what, uh, Bernd. I'll let you say it for me. How about that? Yeah. Right on. All right, folks. Buckle up and uh, put on your helmets. It's going to get rowdy right here. Outlaw. And uh, here's uh, Jack Barrow and the guy. Like your cup on the bluff. Yo. Check. Uh, Yo. Uh, uh. Everyone's like, oh shit, he's loose again. Let your goose fucker uh, uh, boost again. From the bush to the bush, rocket boost again. Let your good fucking group put her hook again. Hope to go for my touch of hope for the drawing. The thick and the thick when you take and you fly in. Fly in, look for me and you buy it. The sparrow and the crying. More for the boy in. Hey, hey, stop him in the mouth. Hey. Oh yeah, you take a bella hacker. Hey, hey, really let your good fucker on the floor.
right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back right here on Outlaw Radio, speaking with our first guest from the Netherlands, Bernd Hasebeth. And uh, th- like, right. that was a that was a great song. That was a great song. And uh, Bulldog, uh, I, I know you've got more questions before I go to the stumper. Ah, uh, so you're going to throw him a stumper. You know what? Why don't you throw him the stumper first? Then I'll ask my question. All right. All right. So the stumper. This is the the first the first one, courtesy of uh, our good our good friend Derek Stark, who isn't here. But uh, say you have the opportunity to work with any artist you want or any producer you want, whether it be a duet or or uh, you work with a like I said, a producer, if you had your choice of who you could, who DeCryan could work with, uh, who would it be and why? And it could be of any, any genre, past or present. Wow. That is a difficult question. Who? Wow. That is just, of anyone out there, Man, that's that's difficult. It's difficult. I think um, there's so much good music out there, you know, past and present. Uh, I think uh, the I think I'd like to work with uh, uh, Dr. Dre uh, just because of the. There's some of my roots in there, you know, and uh, I would really love to experience how how that uh, type of production in the past and in the present, how that worked. I'm not even sure if he still produces, um, but and uh, I would really like to work with Jack Joseph Pewitt. He, which is a completely different direction. Um, I had the opportunity of meeting him once. Uh, he yeah, did so many different uh, artists. Uh, um, uh, Noisia, uh, which is a drum and bass uh, formation from Holland, but they're globally, they're huge. They, they 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 taught Skrillex the trick. Let's put it that way. Uh, they uh, they're really 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 good. Uh, so yeah, wow. a variety of three completely different producers uh, on my list. Nice. I'm I'm almost proud of myself that I I managed to 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 make a small collection there. Right on, right on. I, I like that answer. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Bulldog. Okay, so I'm actually going to throw him another stumper. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's one that I uh, I haven't asked before. So, musically and lyrically, who is your biggest influence in music and Why? Wow, man, that's difficult. 
you know, these are pretty hard questions. Uh, very, uh, very nice. Uh, musically and lyrically, my. I would even go to the point of when we make music, I always try to sit down and not think at all, not think in concept, not think ahead of, oh, let's sit down and make something like this. As we sit down, I always tend to let things just come as they come and that's what it's going to be. So it's not very uh, previously uh, created. So in terms of uh, inspiration musically and lyrically, I wouldn't, I couldn't even mention anything because it, I, there's almost as if a subconscious uh uh, creates the words and the music. So the first first thing that comes to my mind, I always drop that, you know, on the on, on paper. Uh, and uh, so I, yeah, uh, it's it's difficult. I used to listen to a lot of the Police uh, because it it just had a certain rowdiness uh, to it especially the songs that weren't hits, uh, which is a completely different style. And as a kid, I grew up with, uh, with hip hop, uh, and I haven't really used that, um, admirable, uh, I mean, inspirational rappers for me would be, uh, KRS-One because of his, uh, prophecies and his yeah he's, he's a very admirable uh, poet in my, in my opinion and musically uh, we could definitely mention uh, Van Halen uh, there's a very uplifting thing in there and, and the Foo Fighters which was also very positive uh, the synthesizers used in Van Halen are also like you recognize those out of a thousand. Uh, but yeah, but it's it's that's probably the hardest question so far. Uh, those names definitely have made an impact on me. The police, Foo Fighters, Van Halen, KRS-One. Nice. But in our own music, I wouldn't go as far as to mention these names because we don't think when we make music. It's just feeling. There you go. And when the result, and when the result is, when the result is there, then you listen to your own result and go, "Wow, did we make that?" You know. So it's a really weird process. Yes. Yes, indeed. 
You might have to cut my answers uh, every here and there. Oh, <laughs> These don't. <are> such long <laughs> answers. Don't worry about that. <laughs> and don't forget, it's eight o'clock in the morning over here. Huh? Yeah, my uh, regular time of uh, waking. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. I I, I can I know, know that one because uh, six hours ahead, right? Uh, yeah, about eight hours ahead yeah. of me, so that'd be seven hours ahead of you. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I mean I'm originally from England, so the time difference, you know, is kind of funky for me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to uh, the next song here, one that I've picked out because the video was very very interesting and. And uh, some would say very risque, <laughs> but uh, hey, the, hey, this uh, hey doesn't mean it's not good. It's very good. <laughs> and it's, yeah, 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 I got you. Okay, this song is called "Ik Wil Met Je Sexen." What can you tell us about this song? Right on. "Ik Wil Met Je Sexen." Right, right, right. Well. Uh, the director that uh, uh, that did that video uh, was uh, the same guy who did Ikvinci Lecker and Bechvogel, and uh, he he was he's a, a a rapper, and he uh, started doing his own videos, and they were so remarkably well that a lot of people started asking him to make videos, and we asked him as well for Ikvinci Lecker. Although with the Tinchy Lecker, we said, okay, we want this and that and that and that. Can you put that on film? He said, sure. And he did exactly what we wanted. And in the next video, we all, we said, we want this and that and that. Can you put that on film? He said, yeah, that's fantastic. I'll do it. But I would also do that and that and that. And we were like, uh, okay. And then we watched the end result and said, uh, we're going to have to film some extra shots. So we filmed some extra shots because we wanted that, 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 and we put that in the video and then it was done. And with this video, we said, you know what? You do what you want to do. We're very interested in seeing what you want to do. And he went for this, uh, what's that photograph? What was the photographer's name? David LaChapelle? LaChapelle? It's like a RT uh, photographer, and uh, he was uh, inspired by that photographer's work. So we wanted to have that in that style. So um, I understand where you're coming from when you said, "What well, was it, rich gay uh, kind of style?" Uh, and oh. the song meaning, you know, <laughs> basically the title is, "I want to have sex with you." You know that. <laughs> You know, yeah, you'll have to get me drunk first. <laughs> yeah. so, oh, bulldog, you're terrible. Maybe he's kind of he, him. Yeah, he, him being kind of metro. Uh, the, the 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 director. We were on thin ice there, uh, so that's why I wanted to know, like, what, what direction is he going to take this video to see what what's happening? And the. I still think it's kind of modest. Could have done a lot worse uh, being banned all over the place. <laughs> Maybe that would have been better, actually. 
it's always good to spice things up, I think. But this is uh, how it turned out. I mean, it's musically, I think it's it's personally, I think it's a phenomenal track. Oh, like the, oh the, I, sense, I, the the whole the, yeah. I agree with you 100% right there, 100%. Not, not only that, I mean, obviously here in the U.S. in the early 90s, we had controversy with with something, uh, you know, uh, some stuff that could be considered much worse, like Two Live Crew, for example, yeah. if you remember them. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, Two Live Crew. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, yeah, in that way, it's always... Better to go, always go no holds barred, you know. Especially nowadays, you know, people can't get shocked enough. But I don't want to uh, uh, let that be um, the concept. You know, you have to do what comes naturally. Absolutely, I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. All right. Well, without any further ado, I want to go ahead and cue Ek Vilmet Ye Sexen. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> that's, uh, we're, 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 Ek Vilmet Ye Sexen, the king in that production, no doubt. Absolutely. Iedere keer als ik jou zie, denk ik bij mezelf, wat Ik ben een hele avond in de kleding, maak je mij niet vreemd. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back, joined once again by Bernd Hasebeth uh, out of the Netherlands of Dekrayen. And uh, I'm going to go ahead, just just a few more questions, but I'm going to go ahead and throw the uh, second stumper. And, uh, yeah, all right, you ready for this one? Yeah, man, let's, let's hear it. All right. Say, so Dekrayen makes it really really big and uh, you're going to you're going to kick off a worldwide tour you have three opening slots because you're the main act on on this tour you have three opening slots of uh bands or musicians you'd like to have open for you who do you pick and why um well i mean uh no doubt about it. Uh, Jack Barrow would be uh, would be in there, just because of uh, our personal connection with him, uh, and uh, and and our connection musically. And then uh, I would do the Unford as well. Have them up there as well. Oh, good because, choice. Uh, yes. The yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like artistically, musically. There's also a great connection uh, there, and um, I only have one left, huh? Yes. Uh, let's go for why not Marilyn Manson? Now that will make him, it uh, open up. Most interesting, right there, and that will be that. You put Marilyn Manson in the mix there. With uh, Deont Verd and Jack Parrow, right there, you've got a very unique show that, uh, um, let's just say that I get a ticket for that, it'd be like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity if that were to happen. Yeah, and then uh, it would be Halloween every night, you know? <laughs> yes, yes. It I would, and it, would, it, like a, it certainly would. Yeah, and uh, it would be like a... And artistically, if you put all these things next to each other, I think that's how a, 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 you have an event at itself. You know, it, it's it's just a very expressive uh, on each level. You know, so uh, the whole venue, the music, the the the, the shows. Uh, it would be one big experience in itself. So you're not going just to a venue and then the the venue would have to look completely different. It would have to be dressed up and everything. Uh, so it's like going to a, to a ghost house, you know? <laughs> or maybe, like maybe Wackenfest in Germany. <laughs> I know they dress up there sometimes yeah, exactly. too. Yes. Yeah, and, and and we'll give everybody a spiked drink at the door. Yeah. Nice. Enjoy the show. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I only drink whiskey. I hope that's okay. Yeah, sure, but you wouldn't know what's in it <laughs> in the whiskey. <laughs> that you find out during the show. You know. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Bulldog, 
Doug, any further questions? Yes. Uh, what, what's next for you guys? Um, are you planning planning a another tour, uh, another album, or what? What's What's next for you guys? Well, we're, we're currently just in the middle of the festival season here uh, in in Holland, and um, it's uh, basically in the winter. Uh, when when winter arrives here in, in Holland, uh, we're just gonna uh, write new music, work with new people, get new people involved, just make new music and prepare for. Uh, the next uh, live season. So it's first off, it's new music and then uh, do a, a tour, do some shows, uh, maybe see if we can do some shows uh, abroad and then uh, festivals. But first up is definitely uh, writing new music. Yeah. All right. Next, cool. And uh, one of my, my last question uh, I have for you is: um, Do you uh, are you working uh, with your manager Jordy on and perhaps uh, planning a trip here to the U.S. to do some recording or anything like that uh, sometime in the near future? We might. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't go as far as recording. Well. I know that uh, Jordi, uh, he's our manager. He's been working with uh, Dog Eat Dog uh, for many years already. Uh, they met each other many years ago. And uh, Jordi has a recording uh, facility um, in the neighborhood here. And I know that Dog Eat Dog, uh, they come over, I think, every year to to, to record stuff. Uh, and um, uh, so he has a connection uh, in the U.S. with Doggy Dog, obviously. Uh, but maybe we'll uh, we'll do some shows uh, in the U.S. You know, uh, I hope so. Fun, I for sure. I certainly hope so. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, for me, it starts with. Uh, saying we're going to do it. There you go. And then it will happen. You know, so uh, uh, right here, um, we have the, we have the group. we'll come to the U.S., no doubt, and do, uh, and do, uh, and do shows over there. Right on, right on. All right, that's all the questions I have. Uh, do you have anything further, Bulldog? Nope, everything's good. All right. Well, Bert, I want to thank you very much for uh, taking some time out of your schedule to talk with us, and uh, especially getting up at an hour you're not used to getting up at. I, I really want to thank you for that. <laughs> and uh, be- no worries, no worries. Yes, uh, please tell the listeners where Decrine can be found. Whether you're on social media, whether uh, you know you're on iTunes, Spotify, Reverb Nation. Where can they find your music? Where can they find you guys? Uh, yeah, uh, Facebook, definitely. We're very active on, uh, on Facebook. We, uh, we also have an Instagram account. Uh, obviously, the Kryan, D-E-K-R-A-A-I-E-N. 
uh, you spell it Twitter, and then it's uh, the uh, underscore Graham. Uh, and um, uh, yeah, Facebook, uh, YouTube, also, uh, uh, and uh, basically all over the place. iTunes, Spotify, just type in the Graham, and uh, you get to where you need to go. All right. Well, once again, I want to thank you very much for your time. I want to wish you the very best of luck in your future endeavors, and I look forward to uh, seeing you here in the U.S., and who knows, maybe Bulldog and I are going to take a trip one day to the Netherlands and catch you there. That would be awesome. Well, that would be a must. I mean, have you guys been to Amsterdam uh, before? I have not, unfortunately. I haven't either. I it's uh, it's on the bucket list. It's on the bucket list? Yes, it is. Yeah. You know, it might be the last thing you ever do. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, no, likewise, guys. I really uh, thank you so much for uh, for having us on the, on the show. And uh, uh, you know, even though it's, it's you can hardly understand the word of what we uh, what we say, I always tend to go like uh, you know, there are Spanish hits that are fantastic, and I don't understand a single word of what they are saying. So, I think at the end of the day, music is all about feeling, and. Uh, uh, I think uh, we can all agree on that. Huh? Thank you very much for uh, having us on the show. Absolutely, hey, you're very welcome. Yes, it was it was all our pleasure as well. So we're gonna go to our we're gonna go to our first music set, five songs by De Crian. and when we come back, well, you'll just have to find out what's in store next. This is the kind of thing that just tickles my balls. You're listening to Outlaw Radio with Chris Master, Derek Stark, and Bad Philly. Where if you don't agree with our opinions, then fuck your mother. Ja, die laten me op hol slaan. En als ik ga, ja, dan kan ik niet meer stilstaan. Want na 
aan mijn werk, maar daar is ik echt wel schijt aan. Ik zou niet weten waar de fuck ik naar me heen ga. Ik heb een kammetje genomen naar de stad, ja. En door de P&D en daarna naar de HEMA. Ik heb maar niet op de wat ik heb achter die race staan. Is proud to introduce our new neighbor, the Get Well Soon Funeral Home. The Get Well Soon Funeral Home specializes in funeral services, burials, and cremations with prices to fit any budget. Don't forget to try our lunch and dinner buffet, Catering Tea Applies, which is open to the general public when we are not hosting a funeral, featuring Chinese food and Bowchicka Wow Wow on Tuesday and Thursday. I almost forgot to mention our pet funeral and cremation services as well. We also have a 4x4 Suburban for those hard-to-get-to burial sites. The Get Well Soon Funeral Home is excited to start serving the area. Hoe laat ben je weer thuis? Ze vragen elke dag. Maar ik loop weer te kogelen tot diep in de nacht. Tolle rollen, bietenbakken, ochtends vroeg tot s'avonds laat. Dippe baan, ze knippen, plakken, je werkt je uit de naad. Ze drink je creditcard door de hele fucking winkelstraat. En ik ben het best als ze me voor de rest dan een keer met rust laat. Maar ze loopt te rellen en ze zit met weer te stressen. Ze legt de bellen en ze blijft maar een sms En je bent straks honderd keer aan je gevraagd. Of je hebt maar je hebt getijd vandaag Je rent je poten uit je laat Maar je bent nog weer te laat Je kunt er niks aan doen Maar daar gaat helemaal uit het plaat En je krijgt het hele keuken Als je weer eens naar je hoofd Ben je zo gedaan voor de zoveelste keer Vind ik niet al gedaan Want je had beloofd Je lukt te krijgen Als het zo nog langer doorgaat Dan gooit ze jou met hele diepe zonnekaart Maar als je thuis komt gaat ze rijden op die bonen Als je 
Want ze willen Gucci tas En als ze daar nou is een keertje echt eens blij mee was Maar ze loopt te huilen Want ze heeft zogenaamd problemen Ze loopt te priesen En ik loop weer op mijn tenen Want je weet ze hebben het honderd keer aan je gevraagd Of je hebt een kind op dat kind doen Maar je hebt geen tijd vandaag Je rent je boten uit je lijf Maar je bent nog weer te laat Je kent er niks aan doen Maar ze gaat helemaal uit de plaats En je krijgt het hele keuken Wees zo genaam, maar de zoveelste keer ben ik het niet al gedaan Wat je had beloofd en lukt te vragen Als het zo nog langer doorgaat Dan gooit ze je af, de hele type is zo je vraag Maar als je thuis komt gaat ze rijden op die pony Rijden op die pony Rijden op die pony Als je thuis komt gaat ze rijden op die pony Rijden op die pony Rijden op die pony Ja, als je thuis komt gaat ze rijden op die pony
Sportscaster or production director. This is one of those rare times in history where positive change is waiting for you. American Broadcasting School Incorporated, one of the most successful and best-known broadcasting institutions of its kind, presents your window of opportunity now. Now, you can train in fully equipped broadcast studios with instructors evaluating your on-air assignments as you do them. Plus, there's job placement assistance upon graduation. This is a nationally accredited institution that's ready to help you take your first steps into your new future. There has never been a more exciting time to be in the world of broadcasting. And financial aid is available for those who qualify. American Broadcasting School, the number one way of entering broadcasting for over 33 years. You're just a phone call away from the career you've always dreamed of. Hey there. If you love your rock and talk, raw, uncut, unfiltered, uncensored, and unspecified, check out the Jay and Brody Show with hosts Jay and Brody Z every Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Asgard Radio and replayed every Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Hard Rock Radio Network. 
two average Joes get together, drink up, engage in witty banter and talking, and play the best in 80s, 90s, and 2000s metal, grunge, new wave, punk ska, and alternative music. Anything goes. You can also listen on demand and contact the show at jbrodyshow.com. Some material may not be suitable for children under 18. The Jay and Brody Show. What more needs to be said? The 7th Annual Revival returns to Hideaway Lakes Campground in Yorkville, Illinois, September 7th, 8th, and 9th for three days of unlimited food, unlimited drinks, and over 30 of the best bands in local and national music with performances by Battlecross, Dead Horse Trauma, Another Lost Year, and Vices. For tickets and information, TheRevivalParty.com. As always, only 500 tickets. The Revival, brought to you by The Revival Party, Southern Smoke Barbecue, and the agency, Stone Chrome Radio, and 100.7 Q-Rock. For tickets and information, The Revival BibleParty.com. There is no other feeling than strapping up or grabbing those kettlebells, grappling on the mat, or doing some shadow boxing, getting knocked down, getting back up, throwing strikes, and then doing it all over again. So when you hear someone scream, gear up, you better get ready, because it's just you, your hunter athletic gear, and the voice telling you to train harder. No matter how much experience you have, hunter athletic gear stands with you all the way. Their products are engineered for utmost comfort, protection, and speed. Battle after battle, Hunter Athletic Gear is the brand celebrating your victory. Hunter Athletic Gear has a range of great training and fight gear for men and ladies, including compression pants, fight shorts, hoodies, vests, caps, and bikinis. They can create custom branded ranges for your gym or business. Visit their website at huntermma.co.za. Gear up. And let's train. Yo, baby, you got your asshole licked by a fat man in an overcoat? You're listening to Outlaw Radio with Chris Master, Eric Stark, and Bad Billy. Fuck the shit. Fuck the fucking shit. Fuck shit. What the fuck? You shit. The shady fuck shit. Fuck the shit. Fuck the fucking shit, fuck shit. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Bad Billy, Chris, Master, Derek, Stark, we all say shit. Fuck. Welcome back to Outlaw Radio, sponsored in part by, of course, Cold Cock Whiskey. Remember to raise your glass and take your shot. You must be 21 years old to drink Cold Cock Whiskey. Hunter Athletic Gear, gear up and let's train. And now, Melissa K. Photography. All right, Billy, what were the songs that were played? All right, thank you very much, Derek. <laughs> Always, well, he, he's been singing that song right after the music breaks for the past two years now. All right, the songs you just heard were all by Dick Kryan, our first guest out of the Netherlands. And the songs go as followed. We started the set with Brookie, which means panties. Interesting, huh? <laughs> And following that was Pony, much easier to pronounce than Cotton Quad, featuring Jack Perrow out of South Africa, then Hood, and then ending the set with Statileka Hard. And uh, Bulldog, can you hear me? No, I can't hear you. I've run away to join the circus. Okay. I just want to make sure we're not having that damn... Uh, malfunction that we had before, but I think that was just with your phone on Skype, right? 
I uh, yes, it was with my phone on Skype, but no, I'm still here. I've uh, haven't run away to join the circus, but it sounds like with all those pronunciations that you were you were doing a few minutes ago, sounded like you had a nasty cold on the way. <laughs> well, remember, anything that starts with a G in Afrikaans or Dutch, it you have to sound like you're clearing your throat. Like the name of the second to last song, it's called it's spelled G O U D and it's pronounced Hood. I think you better go and get some limsip or something like that, or some. Uh... Hey, hey, you gotta admit, I, working on my Dutch has helped me. Yeah, it actually has helped you. I, for, I, I can't pronounce those that that uh, those words. All right. Well, it's time for the next segment of our show, and ladies and gentlemen, we got a champ. So let's do it. Mixed martial arts, professional wrestling, outlaw radio, combat sports discussion. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! All right, ladies and gentlemen, as I worked on my Dutch, please forgive me if I butcher this poor guy's name. I want to welcome Cody Sheave out of Indiana to the show. Cody Lightning. How you doing, bud? I'm doing good. It's uh, it's okay. It's it's sheevy, but it's all good. Okay, so I got it. I got it somewhat right then. Yeah, you were close, closer than others have been. Sounds German. Um, it's it sort of is. I think I believe so. All right, all right. So Cody, as I mentioned, you are a champ. Uh, you. I saw that picture of you uh, hoisting that belt pretty proudly, of course. My first question, uh, what were your early inspirations? What makes you want to get into combat sports to begin with? Uh, honestly, I had a buddy who just asked me if I wanted to kickbox the day after I graduated high school. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Like, I just liked fighting. I fought a lot in high school, got in a lot of trouble. And I was like, sure, let's do it, you know. And I just fell in love with it. So you Needless to say, you had to find a way to channel your aggression. Right. Right on, right on. And uh, how long have you been fighting? I have been fighting since May of 2013. All right. And uh, you, yeah, you have uh, you have a pretty impressive resume here. Uh, you've, uh, cor- according to. Uh, Topology, you have a record of uh, six, six and eight as an yes, amateur, that is, correct? That is correct. All right, all right. And uh, so, so you started out uh, 2013, and uh, obviously now that uh, you're gaining some sp- experience uh, as an amateur, you. I mean, that's 14 fights. Uh, that's enough to go pro if you want. Isn't that correct? Yes, that is the plan. I have another kickboxing match coming up soon in September 2nd for VMSL in Vincennes, Indiana, for a fight for the troops. And it's supposed to be for a 145 kickboxing title. And then I, my plans are to fight Garrett Potter at 135 pounds at the pro level. Awesome, awesome. So... 
Is that the weight that you've normally fought at your whole career at uh, at uh, bantamweight, one thirty-five, or uh, have I, you uh, I fluctuated? Mean, I've fluctuated. If, if, if they need a one forty-five, or I usually I stepped up a lot, but most of the time I stepped up to one forty-five. I got my ass beat pretty good. And then I've also fought at one hundred and twenty-five pounds, which is really where I'd like to be. I feel a whole lot bigger than the rest of my opponents, just feel stronger at 125, but I feel really comfortable at 35 as well. Um, now, that does bring up one question. It, the concerns and the dangers of weight cutting, obviously you're comfortable at 125. Is it easy to make the cut? Oh, yeah. Or, oh, or, yeah. I Usually, when I was fighting 25, I was walking around at 135 or so, and now I'm walking about 140, 140 to 145, and I can make 125. It wouldn't be that bad at all. Like, um, my last For this last fight I had against Aaron Rowlett, I cut from, I think, 146 in a week. All right. Yeah, all right. It, wasn't, it, it wasn't that bad at all. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so so those, those obvious dangers of cutting weight uh, that have been pointed out in the past are of no concern to you? Hello? Yes. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thought I lost you there for a second. All right. Bulldog, any questions? <laughs> yeah. Um, what's, your, what's your training regime like? Um, talk us through your, your, your everyday training regime to... Uh, to uh, train for this upcoming fight? Well, right now, I had just moved from Illinois to back to Indiana, where I'm from, and my I know I got a buddy who was in the Air Force, and he runs a gym in the town I live in called Stoker River Fitness, and it's kind of like a CrossFit-style gym, and I do, we I go there quite a bit, and then really, I I haven't had time. I've just got a job and a house and a car, so I haven't got time to go actually to another gym, to an actual gym to train. I've really just been working with myself, working over the basics a whole bunch. But no. I, plan, I, I do plan on going, getting into a gym, hopefully here soon when I get the get everything situated money-wise. And Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, uh, of course, uh, the state of Indiana, when it comes to MMA, has been associated with a few bad names like Donald Hoover or Scott Pussy Fart Blevins, and I'm not ashamed to say that. But there's a good side, too. The state of Indiana has produced champions like Chris Lytle. Has, uh, you have uh, Matt Mitrione out of Indiana. And uh, even though I don't care for him too much, Sean McCorkle, to, would you ever consider training with any of those names? Um, I'd be cool. Like, uh, I mean, I've <laughs> well, there's a lot of shit talk about all of them, but Lytle. But uh, I'd like to I'd like to go up and train with Lytle. That'd be cool. It's not too far away. It's a few hours. Uh, you get all around training with Chris Lytle too. He was a boxing champion before he turned it, uh, to MMA, and uh, it, his overall uh, well-rounded game too. He's proven uh, obviously he can stand up and strike with his boxing background, but uh, he picked up the ground game really well too. 
Yeah, so the ground game is is pretty good. As for you, uh, what comes? Uh, do, do both fields come in natural to you, or would you say you're more of a natural at striking or a, a natural at grappling? Or? I'd say I'd say I'm I'm definitely more natural at grappling. Uh, most of my wins are from decision. I've I had 2014 amateur Indiana amateur submission of the year via Gogo Plata. I don't. I, I never, I've never trained in an act, like actual jujitsu. It's just all really self-taught and then taught from people who I who I was training with over in Illinois at that gym. Right on, right on. But it, they and both the, come, they both come natural, I, I guess. But I'm just, I'd say more ground game more than striking. Right on. Now you won your fight a couple of weeks ago and won the vacant title for TFE. You won the vacant Bantamweight title. Yes, talk I did. Us through that, yeah, talk us through that fight with Aaron. I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name because it looks difficult. But uh, talk us talk us through the fight and uh, how did you feel after the fight? Okay. Um, well, it's, it's, it's Aaron Ravalette, and he's from Vincent's, and I uh, I we we touch gloves and I don't know why but I always have a habit of either throwing a leg kick or a mid kick for like after touch gloves like I don't know it's just what runs through my head I guess and I and so I did and then I got a few punches in on him and I went for the takedown and he pulled guard and he had he had me in a mixture of chokes and trying to get my arms for an arm bar. And I, I picked him up and slammed him a couple times, and that was pretty much just kept scrambling the whole first round. Then the second round came, and we touched gloves. I went to throw a kick, and I knew it was going to be short, so I spun around, and then it was wide open, and I threw a liver kick, and it hurt him bad. And I took the opportunity and charged at him, and then it was it was over from there, just TKO, TKO by strike. And you know, it felt I remember. great afterwards. It was probably it's definitely the best one of the best feelings of my life i remember former ufc champion boss root and yes another dutchman there uh his one of his favorite techniques is going for the liver whether it be a liver punch or a liver kick he loves going for that i've never been kicked or punched to the liver i've had the wind knocked out of me i've i've been uh punched in the head knocked out but i've never taken one to the liver i've seen it on tv and and even a boxing match and it looks horribly painful to take a shot there oh yeah it definitely is i've i have been kicked in the liver in a kickboxing match and folded over like a lawn chair and it just shuts your whole entire body down yeah they say that uh, there's that one spot under the ribs to where that you can uh, you hit and uh it's an instant knockout, and, it, and uh, I agree with what somebody once said. You know, you don't have to hit them in the face or on the chin or something just just to get knock them unconscious to get the knockout. The purpose, the meaning of the knockout is to put them out of commission. Yep. And, and uh, oh, I don't know. Bulldog, you know what I'm talking about there, especially you hit that spot uh, below the ribs or to the liver? 
Yeah, I've actually had to deliver one of those punches, um, and it's not pretty. And it instantly knocks them out because it's it's all to do with the nervous system. Um, there's the nerves that run down the side of the ribs that if you hit right, it doesn't have to be hard, but if you hit them in a certain spot, they fall to their knees instantly. Yeah, I mean, uh, the difference there is uh, you hit somebody on the chin and they go to sleep, they wake up and they're like, they didn't feel it, and maybe they have a headache or something. They take that shot, they're still conscious, and they're in some fucking pain. Oh, there's there's no doubt about it, and it's all to do with the pressure points, too, because there's different pressure points throughout the body. It, you don't have to necessarily hit them in the face to uh, to, to knock them on the ass. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Overall, uh, Cody, what would you say uh, some of your favorite techniques are uh, when uh, when fighting? Um, that's a tough one. I like I like being in guard. I like having somebody in my guard. Uh, I just, I feel really comfortable there. I feel comfortable throwing throwing hands from the bottom as well as with submissions. And I have to I have to say like a liver kick because I, I throw them. And there's not a single fight that I have not thrown a liver kick to. Gotcha, gotcha. So let me ask you this. Uh, one, one of the names I just mentioned... Um, Say you're you're booked to fight against Scott Blevins. What would your strategy be against him? Fight Scott. Uh, I'd I'd have to use my reach. I mean, I'm I have I know I have I'd have a longer reach. Uh, he would be he would be the stronger opponent, and I would I would have to circle and use a lot of movement and just try to keep him away from the inside to from the takedown. I mean, I'd be comfortable if he took me down, but I wouldn't want to get grounded pounded by him. I'd rather try to keep it standing. I really don't think you have much to worry about because most of his fights don't even last, <laughs> what, 30 seconds of the first round, and uh, he takes so much as a love tap to the side of the head and he taps out. Yeah, I'll, I'll give him I'll give him the fact that he's got heart of going out there. Not everybody can do it. And obviously yeah. he's one of those that can't, but he does, and you know he he does go out there, but he's not meant to be out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the reason why I just speak so harshly of him is because of the fact that uh, when I had him on my other podcast, uh, he just uh, told me a plethora of lies, and that I kind of have a problem with. Right. Yes. So, anyway, enough about him. To, let's talk about back in 2013, the very first time you ever stepped into the cage. That was October 19th, uh, if this record is correct, against Caesar, and you won that fight by submission in the first or second round. Talk talk about that first experience. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was my very first MMA fight. It was for Kyra uh, and Dan Christensen. Uh, for the IFC, and I didn't know, like, really anything about him. I hadn't seen anything about him, and we touched gloves, and 
well, I was throwing hammers on him for most of the first round, and we were there was a little bit of uh, of us rolling around, and then in the second round, he had me up against the cage, and I had, was attempting to get him in a guillotine, and so I pushed off the cage with my back foot, and rolled backwards with him with his, using his weight, and ended up getting him in the guillotine, and he tapped out. Nice, nice. Oh, bulldog. So, for as long as you've been in the uh, in the industry, what is your toughest opponent to date? My toughest opponent has got to be Clay Week. Um, I'm pretty sure he's from Princeton, Indiana, but I'm not 100 percent on that. But he is. He was the Princeton wrestling coach, and he I fought him at 145 pounds, and he was the biggest, strongest fighter I've fought, and he whipped my ass. And instantly grabbed me for a takedown and picked me up and then turned me sideways with his arms and then laid me down. Like, it was, he was, he's a phenomenal fighter, and he's, he's an upcoming fighter. He's got two wins, one on me and one on some someone else, and... He's going to be a monster if he keeps up with it. Right cool. So, with, uh, with with that being said, um, what's your um, what's your favorite move? Um, your your finishing move. What's your go to finishing move? Uh, I'd have to say a triangle choke. I'm pretty comfortable in. Pretty slick, pretty quick with with the triangle choke. That's cool. Right on. And those 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 things are, are very brutal. I can tell you that I've been put into a triangle choke, and uh, it fucking hurts. <laughs> and it's not easy to apply either at times. I mean, I've when I've tr- I trained jujitsu, I've rolled with some students. I've been caught in triangle chokes many many times. And, uh, but I've also applied them, but I got to tell you, it took some work to apply that thing. Yeah. Sometimes you really, you really got to work for it. They, it, it can be tricky to get. Yes. Yes, indeed. Now you talked, you said earlier though, that, uh, really most of, uh, your Brazilian jiu-jitsu and submissions uh, are self-taught. Have you had the opportunity to go into a jiu-jitsu school and perhaps do a little gi training or anything like that, or is it is it all self-taught? No, it's uh, I've never been into an actual done any gi training. Um, I when I was I was training in Illinois at the Compound Fitness under Ethan McQueen, and he had a guy named Justin Dawson, and he tra- he used to train at McVickers in Terre Haute. And he's the one who really taught me a whole lot about my jujitsu. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. Would you uh, take up the opportunity? Because I have to tell you right now, the gi training in a gi is not fun. In fact, I've I've got a gi that probably weighs about twenty pounds when I wear it, and it wasn't tra- <laughs> it wasn't fun training in that thing. But it will do wonders for your endurance. And staying on weight. 
Is that is that something uh, you would pass up, or is something you would definitely do? Given oh, the opportunity? no, that is something something I would definitely try. I've been wanting for a while to go to Nice Guy Submission Fighting in Evansville, Indiana. They are some top level athletes, and Bob, you have Bobby Emmons and Chase Davis, uh, Nikki Sullivan. She just she just went to EBI for the first women's 125 tournament, and they have a bunch of good people, and they come to Vincent's. Some of them do on, I believe it's Friday, to American Karate Do, and American Karate Do has some good instructors. And then you know you have Nice Guy who comes down there and do, does jujitsu on the weekends. I'd like to get in nice. get into both of those places quite often. Yeah, to get, give you a little uh, heads up about the gi that I was just talking about that I have. It is actually yeah. the type that I have is banned in jiu-jitsu competition because obviously, you know, in judo and jiu-jitsu, a lot of the chokes are done uh, by grabbing the collar of the gi. The throws are done by grabbing the lapel. The, the lapels and the collar on my gi are so thick that they banned that type of gi because it's so tough to grab. Or it's not tough to grab, but it's tough to get a really good grip on it and apply a choke. <laughs> huh. I've never even heard of heard of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, I've had the gi for almost twenty years, and uh, yeah, it's, I I don't know. I think it's a bit ridiculous that they did that, uh, but I guess I don't know. They want to keep it fair or whatever. <laughs> so. So now the uh, now now you're holding this title. Um, obviously, you will defend the title when it, the time comes. But say you have an offer to go pro, king of the cage, uh, or you know some, some minor minor league that's going to get you on the road to the UFC or Bellator. If you get that offer, will you relinquish that belt, or will you choose to stay amateur and defend it? Oh, I that. The belt will definitely be relinquished. I, I would want to go. I want to go pro. I plan on it here soon after this kickboxing match. And yeah, I would take it. I would take the offer. Right on. Now you t- you're talking about kickboxing. Uh, say the opportunity to uh, comes to uh, fight uh, Thailand rules. Would you take that opportunity? Um, I'm not familiar with Thailand rules, but, you know, I'd, I'd try it for sure. Well, you know what they say about Muay Thai. It's the science of eight limbs. Yeah, the, the Muay Thai fighters over there are phenomenal. It's, it's crazy. Right on. Uh, for my next question, Bulldog, you got any more? Yeah, um, with with the opportunity to go pro... Um, in the MMA and, and, and things like that, who would your dream opponent be? Who would you want to face? Uh, wow. Um, honestly, if if I had to fight someone, it would have to be... I, I would want to fight Demetrius Johnson. Like That would be like a dream to fight him. He's just He's phenomenal. He's got no holes in his game. He's just pound for pound one of the best. 
So obviously you would put your all into a fight like that, but uh, say whether you lose quickly or lose by decision, what experience do you think you could take from a fight like that? If you if you were to win, obviously, uh, sky is the limit. But uh, if if you were to lose, what what do you think you could take from that? I mean, there's so, there's so much you could take from from any loss. Uh, it's just the the mentalness, the the mental preparedness, and you know you you learn what what really is your flaws. Like I mean, especially if you lose fast. If like you know, if he's a good wrestler, if I knew, if he takes me down a bunch, well, and I lose, well, I know I need to work on takedown defense. And, and but he has no holes in his game at all, whatsoever. Like it's, I don't see anybody beating him in a while. But I don't. There's so much you can learn from fighting somebody like that. It's just everything. Right on. You know. I think an interesting match I'd like to see for you would be against one of the contenders who was on one of the most recent seasons of the of the Ultimate Fighter. And since I follow the South African MMA scene very, very closely, I wouldn't mind seeing you up against... Zulu Boy from uh, South Africa. He's their current champion right now. And uh, he's, he's got very, very dangerous stand up, but uh, he's spent the last, uh, since, since coming to the U S he's had time to train with uh, Henry Cejudo and work on his wrestling, which was obviously the biggest hole in his game during that season. Overall, um, you may not know much about him, but uh, how do you feel you could stack up against him? Um, I feel like he would definitely be a really tough opponent. I don't, I feel like you said, I don't know much about him. Um, I don't watch a whole lot of TV, unfortunately. And, but that would, it would be awesome. It would, I think with, with my reach and my wrestling is decent and my jujitsu is pretty decent for not going to an actual school or anything. And it would be an interesting fight. You know, I don't know who would come out, who would come out the winner, but, Let's, let's get it set up. Fuck it. Yeah, there you go. Um, I have one more question, but before I get to it, Bulldog, do you have any more? Um, actually, yeah, I would love to uh, know your opinion on the upcoming um, dickhead Mayweather and uh, awesome Conor McGregor fight. Honestly, McGregor look, is looking really good. He really is in this last the last couple footages that they've released. He's looking really crisp and footwork as great as usual. But I am pulling for Mayweather because I think if Connor can't knock him out within four rounds or so, then Mayweather's just going to do the same thing he does every other fight, and he's going to outbox him, and he's going to run away like a little bitch. But <laughs> Hey, Connor, you gotta, Connor you gotta defend against those hugs. Can beat him. Excuse <laughs> me. What was that? I said you gotta defend against his hugs. Yeah. Yep. He 
I feel that he will tie up Connor a lot, especially within the first first four or five rounds. He will tie up. There will be a lot of tie ups. He doesn't. He doesn't want to get hit by Connor square on because Connor. Connor will knock him out if he gets him. If he catches him, but catches him. I catches bloody him hope is so. the hard part. Yeah, because he likes to run around in circles and and you know be a be a snivelling little bitch that he is. <laughs> All right. Um, my final question is obviously we talked about going pro. It's no secret that maybe you'd like to go to the UFC or Bellator one day. That's every fighter's dream, so I don't even see the point in asking about that. But if you had a chance to fight overseas, a uh, place in the in the world of your choosing, where would that be? Russia. I don't know. Uh, just uh, Russian people are crazy. I don't know. I like that. Like, I guess the, you know the crowd would be crazy. It would be a lot louder and more people cheering and yelling and stuff than I'm used to. And I've never been overseas, and just I don't know. For some reason, I like Russia. Ah, Mother Russia, <laughs> I must break you. <laughs> if he dies, he dies. Yeah. That was my line. You bastard, you stole it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rocky for all the Rocky movies, unforgettable, but you can always pick something out of one, each and every one of them, right? Oh, yes. Actually, my, oh, person, my personal favorite one was from Mr. T., What's your prediction for the fight? Pain. That was my personal favorite. (laughs) All right. Well, Cody, I want to thank you very much for your time here on the show. I want to wish you the very best of luck in your endeavors, whether you choose to defend the title you have or uh, relinquish it to go professional, whatever you may do. I wish you the very best of luck in that. And before you go, won't you uh, go ahead and, uh, Tell the listeners where they can find you on social media, Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. And if you have any sponsors to give a shout-out to, go ahead and shout-out to them as well. All right. Um, first, I'd like to say thank you to you guys for having me on the show and inviting me to call in and talk about my fighting and Mayweather and McGoover. But uh, <laughs> um, I'd like to shout-out to my sponsors first of uh, Just Start Apparel and John Polly Farms Incorporated and my dad who had passed away two years ago he's uh, probably my biggest inspiration and then a big shout out to my girlfriend because she she pushes me she pushes me really hard in everything I do uh, she's always there for me and uh, I think that's it Oh, I I better not leave one person out, and that's uh, Melissa Kay, who helped make this possible. Big shout-out to her oh, as yes, well. Oh, yes, definitely. Definitely big shout-out to A shout huge shout-out to, to Melissa. Yes. She, she had yes, texted indeed. me and, and had told me about it, and I was super excited for it. I I had listened I listened to the, to the podcast a couple times. Yes, yes, well... I want to thank you very much for your time, and especially on short notice uh, when I had one other plan fall through, 
and I, I needed someone for this segment of the show, and you stepped up at the last minute, so I really want to thank you for that as well. Oh, no problem. Yeah, thanks for that, Mike. No problem whatsoever. All right. Well, like I said, best of luck to you in your future endeavors. Hey, thank you. You, you guys have a nice night, and uh, stay safe out there. All right. God bless. Yep. Take care, Mike. All right. So that is Cody Lightning Sheevy. Keep your eye out for him. And now I have to go to a part of the show that uh, I really, these these things I really don't like doing. But uh, I had a pre-recorded conversation because uh, for for Glenn Campbell, with the, and I couldn't have this conversation without Derek. But before I cue that, Bulldog, what do you think you're going to remember most about Glenn Campbell? His soups were awesome. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't resist that. Um, no, I just liked the, some of his music. I mean, he was a good guy, and he was very talented. Yes, he was. So I have a 10-minute conversation with Chris and Derek discussing uh, what uh, Glenn Campbell, his life, his legacy. So I'm going to go ahead and cue that now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we at Outlaw Radio are gathered together to pay tribute to a country singer that I have listened to probably since I was six years old. And this last week, he's another legend that has left us. I'm talking about the great Glenn Campbell. Um, I have to say, in a way, I'm, I'm, I'm a little happier for him because he has not looked good the past 15 years dealing with alcoholism, kicking alcoholism and then going right into Alzheimer's is just not uh, done wonders for him, the poor guy. And it's, it's like he, he's been suffering the last four years. So in that sense, I'm glad to see that the suffering is gone. But uh, at the same time, I'm sad to see the legend gone. Um, oh, no, he's just... One of the most respected figures in in uh, country music, and not in, in music in general, because guys, people like Eddie Van Halen have gone to him for advice to play guitar, amongst other things. Yeah, I, um, I mean, I, you know, he's, I, I knew when he released his last album. That he was probably it was probably near the end, and because I mean you know a lot of how a lot of artists they retire from the business and then not long after they pass away. Um, I forgot uh, who, but um, they said that they canceled all their. I think it was BB King. He canceled all his tours and then he passed away not long after. Uh, same here with uh, Glenn Campbell. He released his last album only back in June, and he passed away a couple of days ago. It's, I mean, you can tell in his music that they live for this. Yes, he, he most definitely did. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Derek, overall, though, uh, 
you being uh, the, probably the biggest country music fan of the three of us, what are the fondest memories you're going to have of Glenn Gamble? Well, well, for for me, I mean, my dad didn't like Glenn Campbell that much. He thought he was pop and all that stuff. And to be honest, you play with the Beach Boys, obviously you're going to get kind of that, you know, mentality where, hey, you know, he's too pop or whatever the hell, you know. But him and Johnny Cash shared some in common where they split genres. You know, they, they were rockabilly, they were country, classic rock, however you want to call it. I, I, I don't know what you want to call it, but... I mean, for me, for Glenn Campbell, I, I was born in 87, so I didn't really get to see his best hits until I was like five or six. But I do remember hearing a lot about him being in the tabloids when him and Tanya Tucker were dating and him, his alcoholism and drug addiction, just like Johnny Cash, just like, or not Johnny Cash, uh, Waylon Jennings, stuff like that. But I mean, it. Glenn Campbell was a damn good singer and a damn good songwriter, and he he sang some really really good hits. He, he had a really a lot of great ones, but for me, I, I've always remembered the tabloids that he would get with with him and, when him and Tanya Tucker were dating. Like, oh, he, he's arrested and all that stuff. And to be honest, that can actually hurt hurt a legacy. But hey, he kicked his alcoholism and drug addiction, but Alzheimer's. That shit's a motherfucking bitch. Yes. It, you know, there's a there's a video on YouTube. Uh, a lot of people didn't know, and I just recently found out that uh, Glenn Campbell and Alice Cooper were very, very good friends, even though their genres are so opposite. Uh, the fact mm-hmm. is, you know, Alice Cooper is an avid golfer, loves to go out and play golf, and uh, he'd often go play golf with uh, Glenn and uh, in the, sto- the story here that you can find on YouTube, that it is there. There's a part that's kind of disturbing. They say they'll they'll start they'll start uh, on the course, and uh, for example, Glenn Campbell would tell a joke, and then mm-hmm. ma- and then maybe like five holes later, he'd tell the same joke again, and then the time goes on and he'd tell the same joke again, and that's what. Uh, when they started to notice something was wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just with, with, with Alzheimer's, my grandma has Alzheimer's and she can't remember anybody or anything. And it's sad because you got these kids that, you know, all oh, my dad's Glenn Campbell and you go and see him and he doesn't even recognize your face. It's like this, this disease is a slap in the freaking face. If you ask me, because it rots your mind of every memory that you had, you know? Yes. So, now, but, um, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I mean, I think, I'm not going to say Glenn Campbell passing away is the best thing that could have happened to him, but, I mean, if I can't live with my memories, I'd rather just go to heaven, you know, because it's, you know, I mean, I, I, I'd rather be alive and, maybe sick, but have my memories of everybody, you know, you and, you know, you being born in 1776 and asshole. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) I had to come on, but you know what I mean? I mean, I'd rather be alive with my memories than alive and not having a recollection of anybody and everyone's a complete freaking stranger. Yeah. That's kind of what uh, happened with uh, Robin Williams who, uh, by the way, rest in peace, Robin Williams, he died 
this day three years ago, um, or he died yesterday three years ago. Um, Robin Williams was beginning to get, uh, was diagnosed with the beginning stages of Alzheimer's and he, um, killed himself. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I see where you're coming from with Derek. Well, I mean, I mean, this guy was a legend. I mean, this guy, this guy had people from all, all walks of life, all different genres of music claim right to him. It was just like. Waylon Jennings, Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson, Chris Christopherson. I mean, he, he was he was one of those guys that play, that could play and chop the tarts on on two different genres. And not only that, Glenn Campbell was so respected as as an artist that uh, you know his guitar playing was very smooth, even though he wasn't known for lead guitar, you know, like in like rock and roll or blues, but. Mm-hmm. Lead guitarists like the likes of Eddie Van Halen, who's who's a genius on the guitar, have gone to Glenn Campbell for advice. And that says a lot. Mm-hmm. And I, I've always said, I mean, if if I'm an artist and people come to me for advice, that shows that you are respected in your form of whatever you're doing. You know, whether you're a singer, songwriter, record producer, whatever, if you get people in your same vicinity of uh, talent or however you want to call it coming to you for advice, that is pretty damn good where you're up on kind of a pedestal, kind of. Oh, yes. Yes, I agree 100%. Yeah. But, uh, but Chris, if you actually have that album, could you send it to me, please? Yes, I can. Thank you. I'll send it to you right now. And another, another honorable mention, too, is that Glenn Campbell also had the very unique pleasure of getting to work with the Duke himself, John Wayne, in True Grit. Hiya, Pilgrim. <laughs> yeah, if you've ever watched the original version of True Grit, yes, uh, Glenn Campbell, I can't remember the name of the character, but uh, he, he traveled with John Wayne in the hit in the effort to uh, collect the bounty. He was uh, Lee Boa. Boa. Yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah, he was like, he he was like Rooster Cogburn's right-hand man uh, going after a criminal. Yeah. Yeah, one thing I kind of forgot was that uh, guys like Glenn Campbell and Johnny Cash and all them, they were actually in uh, some movies in the early days. Totally spaced my mind about that. Yes. Yes. Well, what we're going to do now is we're going to hit our next music set. We got five songs by the great Glenn Campbell himself. So we at Outlaw Radio would like to say, rest in peace, Glenn. You will never be forgotten. Who in the hell fuck do you think you are? You're listening to Outlaw Radio with Chris Master, Derek Stark, and bad Philly. Well, we are known as proper gentlemen because we always ask. Do you really know how to waste a Cialis, don't you? You're abusing my fans. Uh-huh. 
Said, boy, write me, a, write me another town song. Uh, we were doing uh, another one of his songs at the time, and he was in the studio. He went out, he went in the, to in the booth, uh, not in the booth, but in the, in the control room, and he sat there and wrote Wichita Lineman. I am a lineman for the county. And he had the idea in his head because when he was back in Oklahoma, he saw a Highline guy on the wire fixing the, you know, the Highline, the, the electric, electrical wires, you know, phone wires. And Wichita Lineman, that's, that's where Jimmy got the idea for that song. And he said, yeah. And he wrote it in 20 minutes, maybe. And Wichita Lineman became the most played song of the millennium because there was probably, gosh, you know, 15 different records on it. Outlaw Radio remembers Glenn Campbell. 
the county And I drive the main road Searching in the sun for another overload I hear you singing in the wire I can hear you through the wine And the Wichita lineman Is still on the line I know I need a small vacation But it don't look like rain And if it snows that stretch down south Won't ever stand the strain And I need you more than want you And I want you for all time And the Wichita lineman is still on the line Memories 
this Arkansas farm boy Would give all he owned just to go I recall how granddaddy held me and taught me the melody to in the pine on a five dollar guitar that led to a fortune I trade just to go back in time for the weeks had grown high on the farm back in Dixie where cotton and corn used to grow And the memories run wild In this Arkansas farm boy Would give all he owns just to go Oh, the weeks had grown high On the farm back in Dixie Where cotton and corn used to grow This Arkansas farm boy would give all he owns just to go. It's hard for a back street affair to be easy For each hour of happiness There's two hours of pain We meet in the shadows Because all that matters Spending the night with you once again You leave with a promise You'll call me tomorrow But I never know When the next time will be And each time you leave me I can't help but wonder Was tonight the last night for you for me? Any which way you can Just love me any which way You've got your life And I've got mine So you can never be free Oh darling, I'll understand But when you're lying next to me Just love me any which way you Now you're on your way home And I'm all alone I'm feeling everything 
as this double bed. It's so hard to be strong when I know I belong in your arms. But I'm lying here Just love me any which way you can My love's not the joking kind You've got your life And I've got mine So you can never be free well, Darling, I'll When you're lying next to me, just love me any which way you can. Any which way you can. I've been walking these streets so long, singing. Same old song I know every crack In these dirty sidewalks Of Broadway Where hustle's the name Of the game And nice guys Get washed away Like the snow and the rain There's been a load Of compromising On the road To my But I'm gonna be where the lights are shining on me Like a rhinestone cowboy Riding out on a horse in a star-spangled rodeo Like a rhinestone cowboy Getting caught and led us from people Oh, boy. 
Right now, a prestigious position in radio broadcasting can be yours with help from American Broadcasting School. There are a lot of career possibilities out there. Why just dream it? You can become a radio disc jockey, sportscaster, newscaster, or production director. American Broadcasting School, one of the best-known, nationally accredited broadcasting institutions of its kind, can teach you the skills to succeed. Best of all, you'll train from their home computer. Go live on your own internet radio station as instructors evaluate your on-air assignments. You'll receive all the instructional materials and software to get you started. Train from home, learn from home. It's that convenient. Plus, American Broadcasting School offers job placement assistance so you can land the broadcasting career you deserve. ABS has helped thousands of graduates break into the field, and you're next. American Broadcasting School is the nation's number one way of entering broadcasting. Call 888-677-5227 or visit online at radioschoolonline.com. He took an oath to defend the Constitution of the United States of America. By some, he's been called controversial. He is the free American, Clay Douglas. Now, keep in mind that some of my guests have been approached by Homeland Security or FBI saying, why are you going on the Clay Douglas show? My message to those guys, if they're listening this morning, is good morning. Go get a cup of coffee. Maybe you'll learn something. Yeah, sit down. I've always invited you. I hope you come into my lectures, man. Now, you know, we, we both took the same oath to defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. I don't recall there being an expiration date on that. Catch the Free American weekday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. For the podcast and more details, go to freeamerican.com. Some material may not be suitable for children under 18. I truly believe I'm still the best. If we find nobodies, I'll put them away either by submission or by knockout. I truly want to be the greatest MMA fighter of all time. I want to be the best fighter the world's ever seen. Here's your champion, it is Yannick Bahani. of August, two champions will collide as England's Yannick Bahati clashes with South Africa's Drikus Duplessis. Plus, the flyweight champion Kazumulu Zulu returns to take on the undefeated Sylvester Chipumbu. EFC 62, 19 August, Carnival City. Tickets and broadcast information at efcworldwide.com. Fillmore Voicemail allows people to engage in social networking through the exchange of voice messages without the need of utilizing a computer. For more information or to get your very own Fillmore Voicemail box, call toll-free 1-866-4-GET-VMB. 1-866-4-GET-VMB. That's 1-866-443-8862. Or visit FillmoreVoicemail.com. Fillmore Voicemail, a service of Fillmore Productions. Go fuck yourself. To Outlaw Radio with Chris Master, Eric Stark, and Bad Billy. Welcome back to Outlaw Radio. And of course, you just heard our tribute to Glenn Campbell in the second music set. The songs you just heard, we started the set off with Glenn Campbell's 
version, his cover of The Temptations, My Girl. And uh, I really enjoyed his version. I actually enjoyed it a little bit better than the original. What do you think? Um, I prefer the original. Uh, so, your your opinion. <laughs> and that was yeah, follow- it, it, What's that? I said, yeah. <laughs> and, of course, that was followed by Wichita Lineman. Then after that, a uh, song I didn't realize would be his uh, Rags to Riches story, Arkansas Farm Boy. And then, uh, Bulldog, you remember the movies with uh, Clint Eastwood and his orangutan? Of course, yes, uh, every which way. Yeah, every which way but loose and every which way you can. Yes, uh, that was followed by any which way you can, and then topping the set off with Rhinestone Cowboy. Rest in peace, Glenn Campbell. Yeah, anyway. the soups were awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Now you got, remember that commercial, I love my Campbell soup is good food. I remember those. Yeah, no, um, it's sometimes, I mean, you've got to have a bit of fun, but no, rest in peace, Glenn Campbell. Um, you were a inspiration to many. Absolutely. And now uh, we'll get to hear Bulldog's opinion uh, in a little bit because uh, uh, it, it's a short version, but we have news of the weird. And like I said, we got something from England that uh, you're going to love. I better because I'm going to slap him. Okay, here we go. Welcome back to Outlaw Radio, right here on your radio station, sponsored by Colcock Whiskey, raise your glass, take a shot, must be 21 years or older to drink, and Hunter Athletics, just go and You're see their website. Thank you. And Melissa K. Photography, as always, thank you very much. And um, Billy... Got to do this. It's time. Got to do this pre-recorded, but let's do it. It's time. This is Outlaw Radio News of the Weird. From the Outlaw Radio Newsroom, I am my ass cheeks spread wide. Yeah, here's oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and here's what's making news. The larger the breast, the bigger the discount. That's a controversial promotion a restaurant in China offered this month. The eatery called Trendy Shrimp prompted furore for its provocative price cuts, which an incensed local called discriminatory and vulgar. Trendy Shrimp, which is located in a mall in China, advertised the unusual discount in a poster placed outside the restaurant on July 31st. The placard reads, The whole city is looking for breasts, which features an accompanying image of animated female characters with varying breast sizes and a table showing how much of a price cut a woman would get based on her bra size. According to the poster, women of all bra sizes would get some kind of discounts at the eatery, though the percentage varied significantly. Women who wear A-cup bras would get a 5% discount, while G-cup wearers would get a 65% discount. 
The poster was removed within a few days following a public backlash. Um, the restaurant's general manager, Lan Shengang, however, uh, defended the offer, insisting that customers have responded positively to it. He said, according to the BBC, once the promotion started, customer, number, customer numbers rose by about 20%. Some of the girls we met were very proud. They had nothing to hide. I bet they didn't. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and uh, that story is available on our Twitter at twitter.com at um, Outlaw Radio ABS. And speaking of the BBC, we mentioned the BBC quote in that story. Oh, boy. First, let me get Bulldog's going to love this. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I had to get a drink of water. Um, but here's one way to get ratings. A woman was shown performing a sultry strip tease in the background of a BBC News broadcast on Monday night, catching some eagle-eyed viewers by surprise. The spicy scene was seen playing on a computer behind BBC presenter Sophie Rayworth during a News at 10 broadcast. As Rayworth introduced a sports story, the woman stood over a man and pulled off her top and bra, exposing her breasts. That night's boobs, uh, I mean, news segment was broadcast (laughs) to 3.8 million people. So, no, not. All of those viewers may have caught the sudden boobs flash. There were plenty who did and were eager eager to tell the world about it. A BBC spokesperson told HuffPost UK, we are establishing the facts and circumstances. Typical. Hey, Chris. Yes? I think uh, there was a chance for snow coming in the mountains that day. Nice. We need the rim shot on that one. And we're banging our heads over this one here. A New Mexico man is facing charges of disorderly conduct and indecent exposure after he allegedly peed on a family at Friday at a Metallica concert in Glendale, Arizona. Daniel Daddio, age 44, that's his real name, Daddio. Daddio. Age 44 of Albuquerque, was arrested after a family of three told employees at the University of Phoenix Stadium that they felt warm liquid washing over their backs and legs. The father, who was attending the show with his wife and 10-year-old daughter, told police when he turned around, he saw the suspect holding his genitals. Police said the father confronted Daddio, who allegedly just shrugged. State troopers were called to the scene. They questioned Daddio, who denied peeing on the family. It was arrested around 9.40 p.m. Police said his ticket was located right behind the family. They also noted he seemed intoxicated. Daddio appeared in court over the weekend, and the presiding judge seemed to have a wee problem with the allegations. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's full of puns. The judge told the court, I have to say in the 15 years I've been on the bench, this is one of the most disgusting scenarios I've ever read. In any event, really inappropriate. Daddy-O's next scheduled court date is next Friday, August 18th. Chris, uh, if 
the guy Daddio denied it. They have a whole bunch of DNA that winded up on their freaking legs. They could have wiped off. <laughs> Why? Well, yes, yes, I pissed on that on that bitch's leg. She needed a bath, a warm bath with yellow Ooh, liquid, a golden oh. shower. <laughs> yeah, a golden, golden shower that smelled like Coors Light. And finally, the New York City subway isn't usually a place that inspires conversation, beyond grumbling or muttering, that is. But that hasn't stopped one aspiring entertainer from using it as a location for his own talk show. Dean Dimitrik is the host of Derailed, a YouTube talk show that he films once a month on the city's L train. He sits in one of the regular seats, but behind a fake desk made of foam. He also has two coffee cups, but instead of a full band, his friend, Jeremy Christian, plays bongos and doubles as an announcer. The guests? It could be anyone who just happens to be waiting for the train. They enter through a blue curtain set up in front of the subway door. The show is more low-tech than Jimmy Fallon's or Stephen Colbert's and has some technical issues their shows never face. Dimitrik told WPIX-TV, when there's noise, when there's bumping, that's part of the show. You know that you are filming on the subway, that's part of the charm of the whole thing. Dimitrik, age 27, knows the ins and outs of running a talk show thanks to his day job as a producer correspondent on the Dr. Oz show, but Derailed gives him co-creator Danielle Dweck a chance to make a late-night show that doesn't just focus on celebrities. He told Gothamist.com, we kept saying that everyday people can be just as inter- just as interesting, and it would be really fun to ambush them with a the talk show. Reactions from fellow subway passengers have ranged from enthusiasm to indifference. He explained to the website, people who ride the subway are immune to weird things happening around them. The metric and crew have filmed about six episodes so far, including the sample episode that is available when you click the link on our Outlaw Radio Twitter. He dreams of expanding it beyond New York and even, God forbid, doing a show that is actually above ground. And ladies and gentlemen, wait, 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 that, wait, there's one more, one more. Uh, there you go. All right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How can we forget this one? Um, Now, a lot of people know know about uh, the Dukes of Hazzard. They've seen it, right? Of course. I used to watch it a lot. Well, one of the good old old boys decided to... um, Decided to see if, if someone, if he can turn his uh, finger doo-doo brown <laughs> instead of his tongue turning doo-doo brown. Uh, Tom, Tom Wopat allegedly grabbed a woman's butt and put his finger between her butt cheeks. And that's why he was arrested for felony and decent assault. According to the police report obtained by TMZ, Wopat was rehearsing his show 42nd Street at the Regal Theater in Walton, Massachusetts on July 23rd when a woman on the set claims he walked behind her and she felt his hand grab her butt. She also says she felt his fingers go between his butt cheeks. 
She complained to one of the honchos about the incident, and Wopat was confronted. According to the police report, he denied touching the woman and said, fuck them all. There are two other incidents in the, mentioned in the police report, both occurring during rehearsals, in which one, in one case, a woman says he came up from behind her and wrapped his arm around her hip and lower waist, pulling her into him. In another instance, a woman says he peeled sunburned skin off her arm. How is that weird? Um, when Wopat was arrested Wednesday, he told cops at the station he did not inappropriately touch anyone, but recalled the time he was seated and one of the women walked by him and he lightly touched her hip and said to her, I like the way you work. Wopat told cops he flirts and likes to be friendly, but never did anything untoward. As for the drug charge, cops say when they booked Wopat, they found a plastic bag containing what they believe was cocaine in his front pocket, along with a blue straw. Cops say they searched Wopat's vehicle and found baggies inside, one of which contained what they believe is also cocaine. Police re- the police report also says one of the honchos in the show reprimanded Wopat for showing up to rehearsal under the influence. TMZ broke the story. Wopat was arranged arraigned Thursday and pled not guilty for fel- felony and decent assault and battery, as well as a misdemeanor drug possession charge. And uh, that, ladies and gentlemen, is News of the Weird. All right. So how's that for UK stories for you, Bulldog? Um, um... I actually give him that one. Um, he has a reprieve for now. <laughs> and, and the weird thing is, while that was going on, I actually had to Google it. Well, I actually had to go on YouTube and, and look at it. And, oh, my God, it's so funny. Yes, yes. Well, of course, you can also find it on our Twitter. And uh, we're going to get ready to wrap the show up here in a little bit. But uh, before we do, I just want to take a couple of minutes and focus on one of the more serious things that's going on right now. Overall, uh, if there's somebody out there that's uh, making my skin crawl and I think something needs to be done, but what's the right way to do about it? It's Kim Jong-un, or however you, you pr- pronounce the fat kid's name, out in North Korea. Um, uh, Kim, Kim, Kim Jong-un. Yes. You know, Bulldog, is there a right way to go about this? Because Korea, North Korea is start has really been starting to prove to be an imminent threat to us. I mean, they are an imminent threat right now, but um, there is a diplomatic way that you need to go about stuff and not post stuff on Twitter saying, hey, if you do this, yeah, that's that's bullshit. Um, Use use diplomatic um, forces, not just, you know, word of mouth. I mean, uh, so far, I guess the rumors are that uh, really a lot of the Korean missiles they're testing are turning out to be junk and a bunch of duds. But uh, it's it's a chance that a lot of us don't want to take. And and launching nukes over there 
and causing a genocide of of a bunch of people is not definitely not the answer. It it really isn't. Um, it it's in my opinion, war does not solve solve anything. It causes just more hurt and pain. Yes, I mean, obviously, you know, back in World War II, um, I, you know, the Japanese picked a fight with us, and our answer was definitely dominant and brutal, way too brutal. I mean, launch, launch, yeah. and, launch and nukes wasn't wasn't the real answer. There was a way we could have defeated Japan, other than doing that. And yeah, Hit, and Hitler had to be stopped. I mean, and you know, the war in Normandy and all that, you know. And uh, we got, a lot of people think too. Well, America kicked Hitler's ass, but uh, that that may be true. We we get we gave the Nazis a damn good fight. But it was Stalin that made Hitler shit his pants. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I'm in total agreement with that. But at the end of the day, there needs to be something done. There needs to be something said. Um, but I think right now with um, the, the terror attacks that happened today needs to be addressed first. I mean, and here's the thing, you know, it's like we got a lot on our plate. You know, we have two different enemies that utterly hate us here in the U.S. We have North Korea, which is posing a threat of its own. And then, of course, we have ISIS and radical Islam that's uh, trying to dominate the whole world with attacks in England, all over Europe, and, of course, uh, who knows what they're planning next while we're pay, while we're trying to pay attention to what North Korea is doing? Well, here's here's my solution for these uh, terrorist um, camps who are training to uh, suicide bombers. Just make sure they fail in uh, training first, so they blow up the training camps before they even get to us. <laughs> yeah. You know, though, they there's the question: What would Jesus do? What would what whatever you know there's somebody from your country who if she was alive today i think she might have the good answer um would that be margaret thatcher that would be yeah she would go tell them to go fuck themselves and then i'm i'm deadly serious she she actually would she would she most definitely would and then of course uh before her, there was Winston Churchill, and uh, he he proved too how tough he was, how how good a leader he was for Great Britain back in the day. Uh, he was he was one of the greats. Um, but there was a lot of people that like Winston Churchill. There was a lot of people who fucking hated Margaret Thatcher, including me. But <laughs> she didn't take it. She didn't take bullshit from anybody. Exactly. Exactly. So, I just had to take a few minutes to talk about this because uh, this Kim Jong-un, oh, by the way, something about him, you know, it's tough being the fat kid in school. I just consider him a creepy little bastard. But, uh, God, I wonder how he feels being the only fat kid in the country. 
pretty bloated. I reckon he <laughs> ate all the children. <laughs> oh my god! Actually, Bulldog, I gotta. I'll send you this link here. It's this is just childish humor, but uh, this is a picture of a meme or a meme, whatever you call them, of Kim Jong Un, and I don't know why, but I think it's it's funnier than hell. That every time I see this, I just have to laugh. And real quick, I have to find it because I have to see, I have to hear your reaction to this. See if I can find it real quick. Just, it's just funny, if you ask me. So, yeah. Real quick, I'm going through this long list here, and I used to, <laughs> and all these, all this that I'm seeing. Uh, just one second here. And for a musical interlude, (laughs) I found it. Okay. Okay. I'm sending you the picture via Facebook, or not Facebook, because I can't, damn it. So I'll send it to you over Skype. And here you go. I just think this is funny, even though it's really. For most, it's not that funny. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't care who you are. That's fucking hilarious. (laughs) Anyway, so for for our listeners, there's a picture of Kim Jong-un looking at one of his uh, soldiers or... One of his uh, high in command. He's got a, he's got a, a very, uh, he's got this look on his face, and, and the meme says, "I have to fart." <laughs> um, I'm I'm just gonna reiterate on that one. Did you hear that really loud bang? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord. <laughs> He had to fart. I just shit myself and jumped six feet in the air because there was a huge clap of thunder. <laughs> uh, why is it though? Why is it that uh, it's not it's not uh, really meant to be funny, but yet we find we we always find fart jokes to be, to be the most laughable because toilet humor breaks up everything uh, and okay. it. it Flushed away. Now, Trevor Prangley posted on Facebook one time, smelly farts never lose their amusement value. It, it, it really doesn't. I mean, I come from a country that uh, invented toilet humor. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, you know, since uh, we had somebody from Holland on our show, too, from what I understand, you go to a restaurant, you don't belch or fart after a meal it's an insult to the chef yeah i've oh my god i'm 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 not gonna lie i'm gonna tell you a story now i worked as a chef uh when i was when i was younger in in my younger years Mm -hmm. um and i worked in a kitchen let's just say the chef or the head chef almost went out into the restaurant and dragged an asshole out by his collar because the guy fired. 
my God. <laughs> oh, I'm my serious. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> anyway, that's Outlaw Radio. <laughs> if I can say this without laughing, <laughs> but that has been Outlaw Radio for, for this edition. Sorry, that was a fly fart. <laughs> we'll be back next week, of course. We have we have another musician, this one out of Salt Lake City. He's in kind of like uh, Limp Biscuit, kind of into the genres of both uh, hard rock and rap. And so, so crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, oh, that, that, that would be... Uh, Andrew Boss out of Salt Lake City. We're going to be talking to him next week. Nice. So I'll be back Saturday morning with the Indie Asylum on Asgard Radio and be back right here, whether if you're listening live on the No Holds Barred Radio Network or on Raw Talk Online. And, of course, uh, tomorrow morning right here on No Holds Barred Radio, if you're listening, we have, of course, the Locked and Loader Radio Show followed by Cranked Up Country. Woohoo! All right. So, we are going to end the show with a band out of Finland. They're called Viper Arms. This is Everything Nothingness. Thank you very much for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Are you tired of modern pop music that sounds like a dog fucking a squeaky toy? Well, that's where you're listening to Outlaw Radio. We tell bad bed music to go piss up a rope. We give our opinions, and if a fight breaks out, so fucking what?
it's the big voice guy. The one who intros and promos the show you're listening to right now. Hi, my name is Jim Hunt. I voice for a growing list of internet and terrestrial radio stations, podcasts, and businesses. I'd love to spread the word about yours, too. No matter if the message is serious or silly, whether you want the delivery to be hard-hitting, voice of authority, or conversational, warm, and fuzzy. From fully produced station imaging and commercials to custom phone system messages on hold and IVR prompts, voiceovers for computer games to narration for presentations, even post-production audio editing and audio cleanup services. Yeah, I do them too. I'm your guy. I do business as Jim Hunt voiceovers and audio services. My rates are reasonable and negotiable because I love internet radio too. Visit my website, jimhuntvo.com. I'm Jim Hunt, at your service. Put my voice and audio production skills to work for you. Let's do this. A king boy, a told versus McGregor, Saturday, August 26th at 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific, live on pay-per-view. Sunday, September 24th, Diamonds Event Center in Jerome presents Boba Fleck. Live in concert with special guests. See at the means October 8th and Vault 7. Tickets are on sale right now. Buy yours online at JeromeTickets.com. A very limited number of reserved seats are available. This is a show for 18 and up, 15 and up with parent or guardian, and full bar for 21 and up. ID required. I'm a bad Sunday, September 24th. Get your tickets now at JeromeTickets.com. Mama, don't take my drugs away. Boba Flex from Diamonds Event Center, Southern Idaho's Rock Station, 1031. <laughs> Screw this fucking shit. We're not posh and pompous. We're locked and loaded. The Locked and Loaded Radio Show with the Bulldog, Scott Rumsey. Enjoy the best in rock music, metal, and classic rock, along with interviews and sizzling hot talk. It's raw. It's unfiltered. It's certifiably shit fucking crazy. Like the Locked and Loaded Radio Show on Facebook at facebook.com slash locked and loaded radio show. And follow the show on Twitter at L-A-L-R-S-007. The Locked and Loaded Radio Show. On internet radio devices every fucking where. You have been listening to Outlaw Radio. Be sure to leave your feedback by calling 773-572-7878. All feedback is played and replied to on the show. Visit our official website at outlawradioads.com. Outlaw Radio is a presentation of AOW Productions. Here I am, C. 
sitting on the porch Writing another song About Waylon Willie, David Allen Cole You can't go wrong Such great outlaw boys just like me Man, can't you see Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.